Super Talk Mississippi media production. Almost wrapped up with our opponent previews here on Thunder and Lightning. John Hale of the Louisville Courier-Journal joins us today to preview Kentucky. Before we get into that, I see on your, your, your Twitter profile, you don't apologize for soccer tweets. I don't either. Who is your team? Yeah, Liverpool. It's uh, we went. My wife and I went to England probably five or six years ago, um, and I picked a team while I was over there. Okay. Went all in on Liverpool. She's actually a Manchester United fan, so that oh, can, even uh, worse. At least there's some some fun uh, Derby days here in the household. But yeah, that's. Uh, I, I would walk alone. Yeah. I would have ended the, the interview if you had said Tottenham. That's all. It would just been the end of that. <laughs> so so I right. take it you're Arsenal then. No, I'm a Chelsea yeah. man myself. Oh, Chelsea, all right. So. So, all right, let's talk about Kentucky. This was the game for me last season that the air out of the Joe Moorhead balloon. It, it just – they went up to Kentucky, Mississippi State did, and really just got punched in the mouth. And the guys who did the most punching, Josh Allen and Benny Snell, they're gone for Kentucky this year. Those aren't players that a Kentucky can just you know plug another four- or five-star guy in and say, go get them. Who are going to have to replace those two key players for Kentucky this year? That's an interesting question. I mean, it's basically the the narrative of the entire offseason for Kentucky. Basically, where you come down on that, the answer to that, you know, has a lot to say whether you think Kentucky is going to keep things rolling with Mark Stoops or they're going to take some steps back and, you know, return to the bottom of the East like they traditionally have been. Stoops' argument, and I think there's some merit to it, is the idea that, you know, a year ago, especially two years ago, nobody was really riding Josh Allen or Benny Snell as being these great uh, you know, game-changing players in the league. I mean, there's a reason that you know people were picking Kentucky towards the bottom of the East last season, last summer too. Even though they had all those, you know, 16-man senior class. If you throw Benny in there too, that was so so key and ended up having a lot of really good players in them. So why can't these other guys that they've recruited as they've recruited better as they've you know won more games, signed better classes? Why can't these guys who are waiting on the wings also exceed expectations? There's probably some truth to that. But you're right. I mean, Kentucky does not have four and five-star recruits really sitting on the bench anywhere. Uh, except maybe offensive line. So it's a situation where they're going to have to hope that a cast of characters kind of as a whole can duplicate the production that those two guys had individually at running back. And they have A.J. Rose, who was Benny Snell's uh, backup a year ago. He actually signed with Kentucky in the same class as Benny, and the recruiting services uh, were split on who was better. Two of them had Benny as, as the higher-ranked prospect. Two of them had A.J. as the higher-ranked prospect. He obviously did not make the early impact that Benny Snell did. It took him some time to master the playbook it took him some time to uh you know figure out everything that, that it comes with being a division one college football player but in his limited action last year he averaged six and a half yards of carry so he's a guy who has some speed he's faster than many snail uh, he probably catches passes a little better than many but he doesn't have that power element to his game he's big so he can still break some tacklers but he's not going to uh, in a situation where everybody in the stadium knows that you're running that you need four yards, you, you don't feel as confident about him as you did Benny Snell, and, and maybe he doesn't have that persona, that attitude that you know, basically defined what Kentucky did the last three years. With him, they're going to have two redshirt freshmen, Cavassier Smoke and Chris Rodriguez, kind of form a three-headed committee. I think AJ's going to get you know 60 to 70% of the carries, but those other two guys are going to play a lot. And hope Between the three of them, they can get somewhere close to the rushing production they had a year ago. At outside linebacker where Josh Allen left, it's a much more difficult question to answer. Um, the entire defense has so much turnover. They lost their entire starting secondary. They lost a defensive lineman. They lost an inside linebacker. But when you lose the National Defensive Player of the Year, that's the biggest hole you have to feel, fill. They've got one guy who was Josh Allen's backup a year ago, He's a sophomore Jordan Wright from Florida. Uh, he has some promise, had a pretty good spring game. 
but he was the number one guy throughout spring, and it was pretty clear that Brad White, the defensive coordinator and outside linebackers coach, was not happy with the play at that position throughout the spring. So I think you're going to start seeing some other names come up. Josh Paschal, who uh, played behind Allen two years ago, then they moved into defensive line to get him on the field. Uh, he actually had a malignant melanoma diagnosis last summer, missed most of last season as he was undergoing cancer treatments, came back towards the end of the year in, in kind of a bit role, uh, just actually has his last treatment this month. They're moving him back to Jack Linebacker, a, a position he knows a little better. Uh, he's probably a little big for that spot right now, but he's more comfortable, and, and he's not going to be in a spot where he can play 60 or 70 snaps a game. So they uh, maybe use him as a platoon piece. They're really high on. He was a four-star recruit at a high school out of Maryland. Uh, and then the other guy who's kind of the X factor in the situation is Xavier Peters, um, the Florida State transfer. He was a four-star kid from Cincinnati, who actually initially committed to Kentucky in high school, flipped to Florida State late in the process, redshirted there last year, uh, and is transferring back home to be closer to his his young son. He's got a waiver in right now in the NCAA to see if they'll let him play immediately. If he can play between Peters, Pascal, and Jordan Wright, uh, you're in a decent spot there, although none of those guys are even close to Josh Allen. If he can't play, uh, then maybe one of the true freshmen I signed, uh, J.J. Weaver uh, from Louisville, Jared Casey, also from Louisville, both four-star kids. They're going to have to have one of those guys play and, and exceed expectations right away. I'm going to go ahead and put Cavassier Smoke on the all-name team right now <laughs> without even seeing a, a snap from him. Terry Wilson, if you just look at his completion percentage, was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the SEC last year, but he threw it almost fewer than hardly any other quarterback in the conference. What kind of step forward can he take this year? Can he become somebody who wins games with his arm? Yeah, I think so. Um the jury's out on Terry. Uh, there were games that he won for them last year. I mean, if you look at Florida a year ago, they don't win that game without Terry Wilson. I don't know. He, he didn't do it solely with his arm. You know, the dual threat part of his game is always going to be an element. And for Kentucky to be successful, I think he has to make plays with his arm and his leg. But that was a game where he had, um, looking at it now, 105 rushing yards, 151 passing yards, three total touchdowns. If he can do that on a regular basis, you're in a really good spot. But there were also a lot of games like Vanderbilt last year where he's three for nine for 18 yards. That's not going to get it done, obviously, in, in this league. They actually opened the competition for the job after that Vanderbilt game, played their back up a little bit the next week, and then Terry uh, came on down the stretch, had a good game at Missouri, had a really good game at Louisville uh, in the regular season finale. I, the expectation around the program is that he's going to take a pretty big jump from year one to year two. You would expect that uh, for most starters at quarterback. You expect it for most junior college transfers. Uh, he's a guy who was a four-star recruit also coming out of high school, depending on where you look. Initially signed with uh, with Oregon, went to spend a semester there before going to junior college when he realized that Justin Herbert kind of had that job locked up long-term. I'm pretty optimistic about Terry's potential. I think he's going to be way better than he was a year ago, but he needs help. And frankly, they don't have any receivers other than Lynn Bowden who have proven themselves to this point. Uh, so it's going to be hard for him to find options in that passing game, but they're going to need to throw it a lot more than they did last year. They're going to need to be more successful in the passing game because even if the if those running backs we just talked about you know, duplicate Benny Snell's production as a whole, that's not going to be enough because their defense with everything they have to replace is not going to rank you know 14th in the country in passing or in, in scoring defense like they did a year ago. They're going to give up more points, so the offense has to score more points, which means they've got to throw the ball and they've got to find some receivers to emerge to help Terry. And you mentioned Bowden. That's a name – 
Mississippi State fans and most SEC fans are going to be familiar with. Who are some other playmakers out on the perimeter for Kentucky this year? That's uh, that's the million dollar question in camp right now. Um, they're going to move Bowden all over the field, and, you know, play him in a slot, play him outside, play him as a Wildcat quarterback. Maybe line him up at running back at times. He's going to return kicks. He's going to return punts. But obviously, defenses are going to start keying on him and double teaming him and trying to take him away. Uh, so they need some some of those outside receivers to step up. Josh Ali, who's a junior, is probably the leading contender right now. He's a guy that coaches are pretty pleased with. Uh, he had some some glimpses of potential last year, although nothing consistently. He's got the speed to be a consistent threat downfield, which is important uh, to take some of that attention away from Bowden. And then their other guy on the outside, Isaiah Epps, who was supposed to start, actually just went down with a foot injury this weekend. He's out for six weeks. So that's a question mark. They're going to play a redshirt freshman behind him, Bryce Oliver, also from Florida, had a big spring game but was not a very highly touted recruit, so he's kind of a question mark. And then maybe the the X factor to watch at outside receiver is Ahmad Wagner. He's a a former Iowa basketball player, played three years of basketball at Iowa, transferred to Kentucky last year to play football, kind of used that as a developmental year to get back in the flow of the sport, had two or three key plays where he drew pass interference penalties just because he's a huge dude out there. He's like 6'5", 240. Uh, set up the game when he touched on at Missouri with a pass interference penalty, but he didn't actually catch a pass last year. If he can remember how to play football, uh, he's a guy who can, can make a difference outside. But as of now, going into it, none of those those names I just mentioned are guys you can for sure count on to be difference makers. And then you mentioned a second ago you don't expect that Kentucky defense to be as good as it was a season ago, and I think that's a very fair uh, expectation. But what should we expect from Kentucky on that side of the ball this year? It's interesting. I mean, obviously, last year is maybe you know one of the three or four best defenses in program history. Uh, Kentucky, even when they have been successful, you know, whatever measure of success for Kentucky over the last three or four decades, it's mostly been built on big offenses. You know, like the air raid with Pat Mummy or uh, you know Rich Brooks when he had Andre Woodson and Keenan Burton, Jacob Tammy, and a bunch of guys on that side of the ball. Uh, they have just not really built it on de- on defense. Mark Stoops finally got his defense last year. Uh, he's got so much to replace on that side of the ball, though. It's it's only fair to expect them to take a back, step back. The good news is their defensive line is really good. They lost one starter, one player from you know six or seven man rotation they use there. They have the bulk of the talent and the depth back at that spot. They probably have the best defensive line that they've had since Stoops has been here. So if you know have a good defensive line, you got a chance in this league. Uh, they feel pretty good about their inside linebackers. Cash Daniel, guy who's got a lot of attention at SEC media days just for his, his personality and his you know over-the-top attitude. But they've got two young sophomores in, in DeAndre Square and Chris Oates at those positions who they feel really good about, too. Um, but outside on the edges, it's a real question mark. We mentioned, well, you got to replace Josh Allen at, um, at Jack Linebacker. They really don't have a single cornerback on the roster with any meaningful experience in the SEC. Their best defensive back was a safety, uh, Devontae Robinson. He's out for the season already with a quad injury. So there's a bunch of questions in the secondary. Uh, the hope is that as you bring those guys along, that the talent in front of them is good enough to kind of tread water uh, and you can finish you know, middle of the pack to just stay out of the bottom three or four spots in the league in terms of total defense. 
when you look at Kentucky last year, obviously a, a career season for Mark Stoops, and, and you know you would you, you would hope that the the if you're a Kentucky fan that they're building, you know they've built a foundation. Now they're going to move forward and start having those kind of seasons. I, I look at Kentucky and what they lose, and I think, gosh, they're, they're almost it's almost inevitable they're going to take a step back this season. Do you think they're going to take a step back, I, I, or or do you just think? You know, they might not win 10 games, but can they be as good as they were a year ago? I'm not really sure how to phrase it, but what are you expecting out of Kentucky on the field in 2019? Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit of both. I don't, I don't think there's any question they're going to take a step back if you're you know talking about last year as, as the kind of the bridge for success. I mean, they've won 10 games three times in program history, and last year was one of those three times. They hadn't had a winning record in the SEC since 1977 before last year. So it's probably fair to expect they're not going to do that again, given everything they've got to replace. The question is how big a step back. I think absolutely the bar for success for this team should be, you know, seven wins back to the, the basically the, the plateau they had them the two years before that when they went to the Tax Slayer Bowl uh, and the Music City Bowl and back-to-back years. They can do that. I mean, the schedule sets up in a way that that's very much within reach, even with everything they lost. They've got four really winnable non-conference games. You know, obviously they've kind of passed teams like Vanderbilt and South Carolina in the East, uh, probably on that same tier as Missouri and Tennessee right now. You get Arkansas in the West, uh, in addition to Mississippi State. So there, there are games on the schedule where you can see an easy path to seven wins, you know, maybe eight in the best-case scenario. Uh, so I think that's kind of the bar for Kentucky now. Where Mark Stoops has gotten this program, it's reasonable to expect, even in, in years when you lose a lot, that you stay at that six, seven win level, and then maybe every two or three years when you've got a bunch of seniors, when you've got guys who have played a little bit, I think next year is probably going to set up to be one of those seasons. Then you can contend for the East. You can do what they did last year. You know, hope to get double digit wins. Hope to get to a New Year's Day bowl game. Uh, all those things are within reach. Now. Appreciate the time, John. We always like to talk to you guys. We'll talk to you again probably again in September when this game actually comes around. That's John Hale from the Louisville. Courier Journal. He follow, he covers Kentucky for them. Appreciate the time. Thanks for joining the podcast. Anytime. Thanks for having me. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.